Welcome to the Passion Harvest podcast audio series. Thank you so much for listening today. I am Louisa, your host, International Passion Ambassador. If you would like to watch this episode, please head over to our Passion Harvest channel on YouTube. We love taking you on a journey to discover your passions. Thanks for listening. Hello, passionate listeners. Welcome to Passion Harvest. I am Louisa, your host, International Passion Ambassador. Thank you so much for being with us now. I have a bit of a fan, actually, and I'm very excited about this guest. Her name is Jamie Price. Jamie Price channels, oh my gosh, I don't know how to say this properly, Arion? Yes. Is that right? Yes. Yes. The Librian Council of Time focused on humanity's ascension. Jamie has developed an energy modality, crystalline soul healing, and also channels healing energies in the form of light language, which are universal language encodements that your heart and infinite mind speak fluently. Jamie, author of Opening to Light Language and the Cosmic Consciousness Ascension Deck, is an international energy healer, channel, and teacher. Jamie also offers private sessions, classes, and products that assist with transmuting physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual blocks into wisdom, compassion, and empowerment. This is her story, and this is her passion. Jamie, welcome to Passion Harvest. Oh, thank you for having me, Louisa. I'm very excited to be here. I am actually, I am, I am a big fan and I have to say anyone that should sign up to your newsletter because your videos that you put out are very powerful. I'd like to start the show, just a, a bit of a background of your personal background. What led you to this incredible path that you're on right now? Well, it was definitely a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I was not a psychic child and I always like to start there because everybody has a different journey. And I think it's important for us to know that there's so many different ways that we can end up at the same place. And when I was in my, let's see, around 1987, I started to begin to have psychic flashes and I couldn't control them. I couldn't not have them, but they would be something that was very specific and it was something that could be proven within a certain hours. And so it would shock me and I would think, oh, what a coincidence. Then that started progressing, especially in the mid-90s, where they, they went through another big opening. And at that point, I was having experiences that I didn't really have a context for because I didn't know anything about psychic senses. And sometimes I would see auras or I would see connections between people from different chakras. I would have experiences where I would kind of um, not be conscious and then I would kind of come to and realize I had been zoned out and I would think, why was I just thinking about the healing properties of the color green? You know, that's so, I, I don't even have a context for that. So those types of things were happening and Eventually, it started to become clearer to me. I started to see ghosts and things that were experiences that were a little more a bit of a reference for me. So eventually, I started having some experiences where I would not be feeling well, for instance, and then I would imagine certain things that were would come up in my mind it was just an impulse 
And one day I started running my hand over my body when I wasn't feeling well, just a couple of inches above it. And I would have these times where it would get really stuck and, and I couldn't move anymore. And I would see this gray energy moving into my hand and then I would empty my hand. And a few hours later, I felt totally fine. So those types of experiences started happening. And eventually when I was more aware that there was healing that was possible, then I just became obsessed and that was it. <laughs> I was totally obsessed. And at that point, light language was not occurring yet, but I was starting to work on friends and family and then people that I would meet uh, maybe through massage therapy because I was doing massage therapy at the time. And that's when things really started opening up more once I started working on other people. And then when I had an axiotonal alignment done in the early 2000s, I think that was in late 2001 or 2002, so very early in the 2000s, once that happened, a few months later when I was working on people, my hands started moving around. And that's when the light language was starting. Still had no reference for it, but I just was having such a lovely experience with it because it was just my hands moving. It was silent. People's eyes were closed. And so I was used to having a conversation with my guides in my head during a healing session. And they would give me these kind of cryptic answers eventually, because I was always asking questions, you know, what's happening here, or they were giving me information. And when I asked about what was going on with my hands, they didn't say, oh, this is light language. They gave me some cryptic answers, like there are this many people on earth that do this. And then other times they would tell me what was going on with the person at the time. But that number would go up and down and it would go up pretty up and down pretty rapidly, like big differences from one time to the next. And what was occurring at that time was we were going through a transformation that was opening up the light language frequencies to step outside of the context where they had been held, which was very necessary, but the, the expansion that was occurring was our expansion, humanity's expansion. And of course, I later came to know that that was light language and that it's part of our ascension, not that everyone must do light language in order to ascend, but it is something that is accessible to everyone. And that's what was opening up in me at that time. And I had no idea what was happening. So eventually when the sounds started wanting to come out of my mouth and I was feeling that pressure, then I started holding it back because I just thought, well, I'm going to not be able to live a normal life. This is so weird. And <laughs> I, I was that. afraid. Yeah. Just afraid of people's judgments. But as I started just allowing the hands to move and then following certain directives, what I ended up finding is there's a lot of support for it. And those were really just my judgments. And so eventually when I did share that publicly, 
it was so scary for me and I wasn't expecting it. I thought I was just having a lovely, quiet healing group <laughs> and the light language came bursting out and scared a child that was in the room. And it made my, my friend that was there and I was working on her in front of everyone else. She started laughing so hard. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is so embarrassing. No one else is going to come up here. But they all did. And then afterwards, one of my clients came and said, I want to do a session as soon as possible. And that was just a few days later when I did that session. And I was holding it back again. I was holding the sound back. And that's when my guide said, it's okay, you can hold it back. It's just going to take him longer to heal. And it's not because light language is the only way to heal, but it's because I was holding myself back. So when that started coming through and I just knew that I had to let that out because I couldn't know that I could have done more and be holding that back. So I finally let that out in the session and that was a big turning point for me. So I had been nurtured through that change to grow that courage for years. And then there I was at a choice point once it had been exposed and there was somebody still wanting to heal, wanting to experience that. And it was his child that I made cry. (laughs) So still he wanted to experience that. And that for me, it's, it's part of that broader expression of what light language represents is it's so much about our expression and taking a chance with our expression, not holding ourselves back. And this is why it doesn't matter if someone does light language for them, it might be something different. It might be the expression of singing in their own language, you know, in, in English, but it represents us really expressing in a nonlinear way and moving into much more comfort level with things that we might have judged for ourselves or feel that judgment from others. And that's what this whole journey has been for me is a lot of resistance around light language, but such a powerful passion for it that I couldn't hold it back any longer. And I'm glad I did. <laughs> well, that, well, that's such a beautiful story. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> I honestly could listen to you. You've got the most beautiful voice. I could listen to it for hours and just drift off. But <laughs> um, Oh, thank you. I, I really get, it's so important to surrender and trust. I mean, I was worried when I first started this show, people would think I'm weird talking to all these incredible guests. And looking back, you think, what, what on earth did I worry about? But I understand, it's almost like coming out. I understand that, that fear, what it's like. And it's true. There is so much support and people are craving these new experiences and things that aren't talked about. So I, th- I think it's, you know, congratulations. And you do such a wonderful job. For people that don't know what is light language, what is light language? Mm. So light language is just a unique form of channeling and we are all channels. We are all receiving vast, subtle information and channeling it into our own unique experience. So channeling could be what we would typically think of with the kind of basic definition of allowing an energy to speak through us. 
But that's something that we're always doing because the higher subtle self that's still connected, it's nonlinear, it's not bound by time or space, is always channeling through us. And some do that through painting. Some do that by being right in the moment and connecting with another person. So it's just a unique form of channeling. And it's communication, which is why we call it light language, because language is just information. You know, we have body language that tells us when something is, is deeper information that's not being spoken. And we have uh, ways that we are perceiving the communication that is linear, the words that we understand. And that's the light aspect of it. Light is a carrier vehicle of information. And so we know that we can experience light in particle form when it's more densified and slowed down. And we can experience light in a waveform where it's moving much faster than we could perceive it, but the, the waveform is still there in its vastness. So light language is just vast nonlinear language information that is accessible to us. We receive light in a lot of different ways. We receive frequency in a lot of different ways. So light language is a unique form of channeling nonlinear information or language that our conscious mind does not understand but our vast infinite aspect understands. And this is what I love about light language because we don't understand it mentally often. Mm -hmm. Some people do. There are some languages that are translatable and some that just aren't as linear. And so they don't get translated in the same way. But we are able to receive that vast information and not get stopped by our mental perceptions. So it moves past those blocks and speaks directly to your infinite nature, helping you to transform from your own wisdom. And that's what I love about it, because as it's interacting with you, your higher self is choosing what you will release or activate, how that waveform will become more specific or particleized for you. And so as that's occurring, then as your life unfolds, that wisdom comes from you rather than, oh, I remember that. Jamie told me that. No, it's from your information. And so that's one of the really exciting things because it helps us uncover our vastness, our infinite beingness, and our ability to connect more with our nonlinear aspect, which is a big part of our ascension. Mm, I mean, I love that explanation. And while the light language directs the mind in some way, it's not understood by the, the conscious mind because we can't necessarily understand the language. Would you also say it's, it's not the words so much, but the energy of, of the spoken word of the voice? Yes. It's, it's the frequency. The frequency. And that was probably what I was trying to utter. <laughs> yeah. Well, the energy, it is. It's the energy. And this is such, it's such a mirror for what we are going through in our ascension. And even some of the things that we see humanity experiencing. So 
our social media and the way that we access information and how connected that we are can be a real gift and it can be a real challenge because as those algorithms and, and the, the clicks are kind of creating a, a flow of information, it's requiring us to learn more of our discernment. And so we're having to get deeper into the conscious information that's underneath the, the whatever spoken or written or said. So as we see the, the information around us, we're having to get into what am I sensing? What is my body system telling me about this interaction? Does it feel appropriate? Does it feel supportive? Does it feel nurturing? Does it feel like it's something challenging, but something that I need to interact with? Or is it something challenging that feels like it's not beneficial in any sort of way? So the getting deeper into the intention, the frequency, the energy that's beneath the surface, that's part of us tuning more deeply into our own subtle nature, our own infinite nature that has that wisdom that understands what serves the body, what doesn't serve the body, and how we can choose those interactions and then complete that full flow of information so that we are consciously interacting rather than unconsciously interacting. I'm feeling it in my body as we speak. <laughs> you talked a little <laughs> bit about ascension. Can, do you mind us discussing that a little bit more? It's a very used term and many people don't understand what it means. Yes, yes. When I first heard it, which was so long ago, I just was like a light bulb went off. I'm like, that's it. Wow. So what our ascension is, is really just a very natural process of evolution. And of course, we're always evolving. It's just that we are at an exciting point of our evolution, but it's very natural. And what our ascension is about, as most people, I guess, use that term, is opening up into a more conscious connection with life. That means that the physical interactions that we're having that we would call quote unquote 3D linear, things like that, that we are more conscious within them, that we understand more of the intention that's behind our words. And then the things that are not linear, like our own thoughts and emotions, that we are more conscious with them, that we are deeply understanding what's beneath everything. And so we are blending the rules of the physical realm, which are manipulation and control in a positive, neutral sense. And I don't mean that just in manipulating others or controlling others. Mm -hmm. That's part of that energy. But if you want to step from one side of the room to the other, you have to manipulate and control your body through time and space in order to do that. And those are rules of the physical realm. This body has conditions. I must breathe in order for the body to survive. So the conditions of the physical realm, we are blending with the less conditional into layers of unconditionality with the non-physical realm. 
And so the, the thoughts and the emotions, they don't have the same kind of conditions as the physical body does. And so we have to learn how do those subtle rules interact with the physical rules. And that's part of our ascension, that we are becoming more conscious with the subtle realm rules. I'm going to have to re-listen to that one. (laughs) (laughs) A very basic, where are we ascending to? Into our own consciousness. Mm, That was a great question, Louisa. (laughs) Where are we ascending? Because that is the thing that I find most people will assume that there is just a physical change. Like we have to go somewhere in order to ascend. And there are layers of ascension. There are ways that we experience it at different times. So if we look at some of the references, for example, in the Bible, where they talk about ascending into light, where the physical body was gone, What we are experiencing now is a very natural process of our consciousness. And as that consciousness evolves, then we are expanding our physical experience. So as we focus on the subtle realm, like our thoughts and emotions, our subtle bridge and how our subtle speaks to the subtle energy around us, then we are shifting our consciousness. We are becoming much more interactive with this subtle realm of creation, this invisible field that creates the physical. And therefore we are creating more consciously rather than just by default. And that's the thing that Ascension is all about is that we recognize our own creative nature on a very conscious level, not just in the physical, which takes the effort. And that's still valid. And we'll still be doing that. If you want to paint a picture, you have to pick up the brush and actually paint, but that we are tuning in more to our own broader nature, our own infinite wisdom. And so where we are ascending to is into more of our own consciousness. Thank but you right for explaining. That was realm. that was explained beautifully. Everyone, every human, is at different levels of ascension or consciousness. What do you see for the future of humanity? Is it just going to continue to ascend? Yes, you know it's it's a natural process, and you know I've I've been obsessed with this before. You know, since the early two thousands. Well before 2012, and I remember as that was like six years away and, and talking with friends, and they're like, whoa, it's only six years away. Can you believe it? <laughs> <laughs> that, it? That those times sometimes would feel like such chaos. And, there, and that's nothing like what's going on it's now. It's crazy now, isn't it? Yes. Yes. <laughs> it is so intense and chaotic, but Chaos is actually another word for change. We just have a lot of negative connotations with it. And it can be incredibly challenging. These are really some challenging times for sure. But life is fail-safe towards love. Love, we could say it in so many different ways. 
We could say love is connection. Life is fail-safe towards connection because we are connected through this vast invisibleness because there's a part of you that is physical. You can touch it and it has conditions. You are on a whole different continent than I am. And so part of that condition is I cannot genuinely reach out and touch you with my finger. Impossible in the physical realm. But that's only part of the story. It's a very valid part of the story, but it's only part of it. And the other part of that story is the nonlinear aspect of the subtle realm. And so there's part of you and part of me that is not bound by time or space, that does not have those same conditions upon them. And so we have the capability to connect in nonlinear ways as well. And we're even very physically experiencing another layer of that, which is where we're connected by technology. And yes. so we're able to talk on a phone or, or talk over the internet and now see each other so easily over the internet. That's another layer of it, but there's even more layers that are inbuilt into our biology that we are also non-physical and we can connect instantaneously with our thoughts and our emotions. Now, we have to build that muscle, build that conscious connection, but it's there. And so what we are uh, working through now is learning that connection and life is fail-safe towards that. Our biology naturally moves towards that. And we may see a lot of chaos and, and even in the physical realm, birth and death, but there is a progression of life that is inbuilt into the system, and that is connection. Love is the binding force of life. And even though we can't see it in the air between us, we experience it. And that's where humanity will always go and all life goes, that it goes through this process of evolution. And the physical aspect of it, as we move through birth or death, that's just one small part of the story. And we're becoming more conscious of those other layers of the reality that just isn't as tangible to our physical senses. So we are destined for evolution. Life always calls us to that. It's, it's ripe in the environment. The timing of that and how that will manifest individually in a moment is unique but humanity is definitely fail-safe towards love. In the current time, there will likely be more challenge for many people before we get to that critical mass of conscious awakening. However, the potentials that are in there for this movement to occur in a much easier way and a much smoother and even faster way is there as well, but surrendering into that neutrality in the midst of that chaos, that is the challenging work. It is, isn't it? I'm learning this more and more. I always used to think I was, you know, an individual, a single soul, and I am, but how inter intimately and how intricately connected we really, really are. It's, it's undeniable. And, and, and yes, love is absolutely the key. 
Definitely. I'm just going to backtrack here because many people are interested in this as well. You talk about your, your guides or your spirit guides. Do you mind just explaining a little bit more about that? People are fascinated by guides and everyone wants help and <laughs> help from the higher realms. <laughs> right, right. Yes. So when I first started opening up, I was naturally rather clear audience. And so I can hear my guides pretty clearly Unless I'm kind of keyed up and then they're, (laughs) so staying neutral is very important. But this is something that we all have access to. And the more we learn to trust ourselves and learn that there is a natural wisdom within our biology, the easier it is to connect with our guides. And it's part of that stillness and that practice of meditation so that you can focus and finding those ways that work for you. So there are some people that can naturally get quiet for longer periods of time. There are some people that are more kinesthetic. And so that connection will come more easily if they are perhaps taking a quiet walk in nature and no music, no other uh, feedback so that you can hear your inner voice. And so getting used to that is something that does take some practice for some, but the more that you do that and the more you just trust and relax into the process, the easier it is to hear and sense that subtle information. Some of us feel it more physically, some see things more directly, some hear things, but we have senses that are subtle aspects of all of our physical senses. So tuning into that is helpful. And we all have multiple guides. We all have access into this web of information. It is accessible to us all. So honing that is something that takes some practice. But once you do that, you start to learn some of these deeper rules of interaction. And it's important to start with our own boundaries and make sure that we are comfortable connecting and discerning what feels appropriate for us. Because that whole getting used to what's good and what's bad for me is something that everybody needs to go through in order to discern their boundaries. Where do I feel comfortable? Do I understand that I have free will and yet I'm within a collective? And so there are certain experiences that I can't ultimately control. And there are others that I must control. I must own my sovereign domain. So finding that balance of trusting yourself and trusting that flow of information and relaxing into that is part of getting accustomed to being able to sense your guides and also making sure that you're not polarizing too far away from the natural wisdom and experience that's within you because our wisdom grows with our experience from this realm. And so as that's balanced with really honoring your human expression, then that opening is very supportive. Mm. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Oh gosh, I've got a lot of questions for you. I just want to ask uh, who and what are the Lyrian Council of Time, which is a wonderful name. 
I absolutely love it. <laughs> yes, they, um, I had been working with them for a long time and, and they had not identified themselves mm -hmm. in that way. And then around November of 2012, they came in and said, we're the Lyran Council of Time and we'd like for you to channel us directly. And they are a, a collective that is no longer in physical form. And they are called the Council of Time because they oversee is such a strong word, but they oversee the interaction of time and how our, our interaction with it and, and different energies interaction with time is, is progressing. So when they came to me in November of 2012, they said very directly, humanity has progressed to a very specific point that our information can now be more beneficial. And when, when, they, when I channel, they are very focused on our mental and emotional interaction because that's what they call our subtle bridge. It's how we communicate directly with the subtle realms. Now, the subtle realms will also include our intuition, how we receive information, but how we direct information is through our thoughts and emotions. And that's that bridge between our physical expression and the subtle realm. And so Arian, when they gave themselves the name Arian, mm -hmm. because they originally, they were just the Lyran Council of Time. They didn't have the name Arian. And I wasn't asking for a different name. I didn't know they were going to do that. They, it, it was about a month that, of time that went by and I could see that they were forming a name. I knew that and I would see the, the letter A and um, I happened to talk to a friend of mine that's very psychic and he was telling me, oh, there's this energy that's trying to connect with you and channel through you. And I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I feel like they're trying to settle a name. Can, can you, are you getting anything? Because we had had very specific experiences where he was giving me names that were just right on. And he confirmed the same thing. He's like, no, they haven't completely formed it yet. I'm just getting the letter A. And I'm like, whoa, me too. So they, when they had fully formed the name, they came to me and said, here's the name. And they spelled it for me, A-R-E-O-N. And they explained that the A-R is to represent the air, even though they work a lot with the thoughts and the emotions, but that they are helping us to deal with that subtle realm and that subtle bridge. And then Eon is time, a long period of time. And uh, originally I was a little resistant to the name and I was like, oh, what if people think it's Aryan and, and they have some connotations to that? And they were like, no, that's not the name. <laughs> it's A-R-E-O-N. So they came back to me and said, now spell it backwards. And when you spell it backwards, it spells no era, no time. Wow. And I was like, oh, that's yes, amazing. That is the name. <laughs> I just loved that they let my resistance be okay. And they gave me that time to just sit with it. That's the name. And then they came back later to spell it backwards where I was like, oh, that makes so much sense. And um, that is their overall purpose is to help us 
bridge what is the subtle realm and the big subtle law that we are dealing with through ascension is time. We're shifting our interaction with time. And because it's a subtle law, when we are experiencing it from our density, our physicality, we see the effects of it, but we are uh, not able to affect it just from the physical realm. But it's a subtle law. And so, <clears throat> excuse me, as we start to become more conscious with our subtle bridge, then we are shifting our interaction with time. And so as it seems that time is speeding up, that seems like what we're experiencing with so much more influx of data, when we slow down, when we neutralize, when we relax our energy, that shifts our interaction with time. And we're able to use that subtle malleability of the non-physical and change our interaction with time. Time is such a big topic. And someone said it beautifully once, you know, in our humanness, and, and you mentioned talking about balancing the humanness and the consciousness, time, we see time as a passing of events. But is there such a thing as time? Or is there no time? Is there no beginning and no end? Right. Yes. Go ahead. Oh, well, then my next question to you is, is the past, present, and future already done? Right. Yes, that's, yes. that's such a good one. And Ariane is very practical with it. They always say, don't just start with time doesn't exist. There's no time. All time is now. Don't just start there. Doesn't mean it's not true. But you have to deeply connect with the the reality of what we're experiencing. And then you add in those next layers and the next layers and the next layers. Because of our density, that means we move at a certain speed. And because of that speed, things are slower. And so we experience past, present, and future. Mm -hmm. But we experience them ultimately very fast. Because as soon as you can say it's the present, it's already the past. And throughout it, you were still touching the future. Right. So the way that they explain it is the past is in the present. Because everything that you have experienced is within your present. It's within your presence. So it has created the present moment that you are now experiencing. And your future is pure potential. It's not yet defined. And so you also have that pure potential within you in that moment. So in that present moment, the past is there and the future potentials are there. So that's why all time is now. Even though we're only experiencing in physicality one of those. And then as you recognize that those pure potentials are there within you and you deeply connect in with the present moment, that's when you're able to expand your consciousness or embody your consciousness in a way that allows you to consciously connect 
with a potential, with a new potential, something that you may not have been connected with if you hadn't focused on it or you hadn't brought it into your awareness. Awareness is something that they talk about all the time. It's how they start every channeling. It's, it's precious to meet in your awareness because your awareness, then they always explain something different about our awareness. It's what shapes our world. That's the consciousness. And when we are more conscious, we are amplifying our subtle energy. So we are amplifying our connection with the subtle realm with the subtle laws and time is one of those subtle laws that we are very affected by, but that as we become more conscious, we can start to affect time more easily. It's all happening now. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's such a fascinating concept of consciousness and one we could talk about for hours, but <laughs> in the concept, <laughs> in the ideas of time we have for this interview, no pun intended. Um, light language. I know you've, you've touched on the benefits of light language. If you wouldn't mind just detailing on the biological system, how beneficial the light language is. Yes. So because light language is so nonlinear, you know, we hear part of it or we see part of it if it's written or signed. But that is like the tip of the iceberg, that is like the sound that comes out, even though there's a lot of information beneath that, a lot of energy beneath that. So it has a very deep effect on us physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. And so it can affect the physical body and create improvement within that. It can affect the thoughts and emotions and help release things that are no longer serving you can help to connect you or activate understanding that is within you. But there are deeper ways that we could even understand how it's affecting us. We know that our DNA is vast. There are parts of it that are for gene coding and are more physically based. And there are also aspects of it that are not physically based. There are are parts that they used to call junk DNA that they don't even bother to call junk DNA anymore because they can see that it's affecting things, but they just can't easily define it yet. And that's just a matter of our limitations of our technology. So the light language very much affects our DNA. And there's many scientific theories that we call them theory because they haven't been accepted into our typical scientific model, yes. but we have those very um, obvious theories that our DNA is affected by our thoughts and emotions. Just like we know now that our physical body is, we have a very physiological reaction. And that is what light language does is it's shifting because there's so much information. It's shifting our instruction sets or our DNA. And so how we replicate into the future moments is changed because of that. So it affects physically, mentally, emotionally, and that has an overall effect on our consciousness. 
And that's the exciting part to me is we're starting to understand how vast and how malleable we are, how much capability we have that we're just now starting to unlock to new levels, to things that might not have been accepted or might not have been as available before, they are becoming much more available because our biomechanism is already capable of that expansion. And this is why we hear things like, oh, we only use about 10% of our brain. Part of that is because they can only measure what parts of it are doing. Yes. But part of that is because the capabilities are there, but we're not necessarily using them. And so we just haven't used that muscle enough to, to really embody the capability that's there. Light language is part of helping us to embody that capability. So exciting. And I know you also do teach light language. And for anyone that's listening or watching, all your details will be in the show notes. What, what are your tips for, you said everyone has access to their own light language as well. What, how does, in a, in a brief summary, how do we channel light language? Mm. So in, in some ways, it's kind of similar to connecting with your guides or any kind of subtle realm expression. And, and in my book, I even detail some exercises that you can do to begin to connect in different ways. And, and then, of course, I teach it in depth online and in person. But it is accessible to all of us and it becomes even more accessible as we continue to progress through this ascension. So just getting quiet and allowing that is that first step and trusting yourself to be able to communicate and just letting some of the um, sound flow and play with that or letting your body move and see what it feels like to not direct your movement, but allow movement. All channeling is a state of allowing. And so how open we are to allow is going to determine what we can access. And yet, as we see in the physical realm, it doesn't mean that we should be open to allow just anything. So I always like to reinforce for people mm -hmm. that you have a very natural mechanism of your higher self, your own resonance that is filtering what you will interact with. So sometimes taking some breaths and, and placing your hands on your heart and reminding yourself, I can access in safe ways for me. And then after that, just let yourself play because that state of allowing is such an openness. And this is what we are moving into. It's even what uh, Jesus was talking about with the, the wonderment of a child and to be like a child to enter the kingdom of heaven, which is within us. That child is within us, that heaven is within us. And so that openness is part of our own joy and love that is the core of who we are. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. I've asked so many questions on this show and I have a few more, but is there something you'd like to talk to the Passion Harvest audience about in particular? Mm. Well, I love how your whole focus is about passion because 
This is ultimately a really important part of our ascension. We are continually moving into more responsibility with our creative nature. And part of that is following our passions, that we are finding that courage within to take those risks to share our beautiful, unique light in ways that support getting more love into the world. And this is a big key with ascension because when we were more physically focused and that third density physicality, it's a valuable aspect of life. It's just not the whole story. And that means that that subtle aspect of ourselves, it's always been there. It's always been interacting with us. But as we become more conscious with that, we start to tap in to that vast flow of energy that builds this world. And that's what we do for ourselves when we tune into our passions. And that doesn't mean that your passion has to be your job. It can be something that grows on the side. It can be something that is uh, not defined as just one thing. It's, it can be many different things. But as we are following our passions more, we are flowing our energy into our lives and that touches everything. And then even the things that may seem separate from our passions or the mundane become much more connective. And I often use the example of doing taxes. That's not something that I'm like, oh, I can't wait to do my taxes this year. But because I follow my passions and, and I'm looking at my consciousness around everything, I never mind doing that. And I enjoy getting to meet with my tax person. And even that process, it's not part of my passion, but it's something that is very fulfilling and very connective because I'm living my passions in other ways. So I just wanted to support that what you are doing, Louisa, is so important and affecting us in so many different ways because tuning into our passions and letting those come forth into this realm, that's when things really change. When empowered, passionate individuals are interacting with each other, that's what ripples out and changes the world and we all become more conscious. It's exponential exponential. So thank you for bringing passion into everybody's focus. Well, thank you. That was so, such a beautiful description. And I just loved, loved that whole description. Um, God, that has to be like a headliner somewhere. <laughs> Jamie Price, thank you so much for being on Passion Harvest. I, I passionately loved it. I can't wait to re-listen to it. Your voice, just even the energy of your voice is so beautiful and you've explained things so well and I love what you do. I mean, it's just incredible. You're changing the world as well and, you know, empowering people to not worry about being weird. I like that one, <laughs> but wonderful. So thank you so much for what you're doing as well. I've really, I'm honored you've been on the show. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. You have a beautiful energy. So thank you for sharing your audience with me. Thanks, Jamie. Bye-bye. Yeah. Bye-bye. <laughs> That is the end of our passionate episode. Thank you so much for listening and please subscribe, leave a review, tell your friends and spread the passion. As always, every day, may you be more and more passionate.